Hey, it's Brian. On today's episode of Heart to Heart, we interview Carissa Mitchell, an embodiment of reinvention and resilience in showbiz. Shifting gears at age 46, she dove headfirst into the film industry and quickly left her mark. A blend of determination and a keen sense of organization guided her to form prosperous relationships with national casting directors. Now a prominent talent agency owner, Carissa continues to impact the acting industry in New Mexico. Whether you are planning to break into this part of the industry or simply would like to hear an industry pro provide their own secrets for success, this episode has what you need to know. Before you listen, you've got to grab our backstage pass. It's packed with Carissa's top tips, insider advice, and additional resources that will give you a competitive edge. You can grab the backstage pass by going to podcastbackstagepass.com. Well, it's interesting because I was looking over your materials and outside of my hotel room, there was a big car crash. And these two cars, they like collided big time. And fortunately, I mean, even though the cars were really dented up, the two girls got out and they were okay. But it makes you realize how one accident can change everything. That's true. It's very true. Your story to me is reinvention. You're, 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 you've like reinvented yourself throughout your life. Absolutely. This is definitely a second act uh, for me, but I feel like everything that I was doing before, I went back to film school at 46 wow. and um, every, every, everything I was doing before that was training, including having children, having a family, being bossy, organized, all that stuff. I was in the hospitality industry and all sorts of things. And so there was so many things that I was in training for. I, I couldn't have done it when I was younger. It was definitely a reinvention, but it was also a logical next step in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, but you know what? The, the key is you had the desire. Yeah. A lot of people don't have the desire at 46 to make a change. They're like, I'm 46. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Sliding, went, sliding through to retirement. <laughs> yeah, you did it. So, and, you can, and I do think life is a choice of either, like you said, just sliding through it or making the changes that you made. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Before this uh, the decision, what were you doing if, before 46? I was, uh, my parents are from Los Angeles. They raised me in, New, in uh, Wisconsin because um, my dad was, he was part of uh, IBM in the 60s when computers were the size of a, you know, a office building, <laughs> you know, like five-story office building. Wisconsin was the first state to transfer their power company over into computerized. And so um, my parents up and moved there and I was raised there. My brothers were raised there. And then, you know, little Miss Upstart goes to the University of Wisconsin and wants to go into film production. My parents are like, we don't want you to go. We left LA. We don't want you to go to Hollywood. You know, it's scary and dark there. Wait, it's scary and dark there. You're talking about from Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like the evil, like evil Hollywood, oh, you know, gotcha, like that gotcha. kind of dark, that kind of dark. And so um, I, so they talked me out of going, you know, going into film production at 18. So I went into um, graphic design and photography, became a graphic designer before there were computers. Wow. That's how old I am. I was, uh, I was a beta tester for Photoshop, oh my believe God. it or not, with, uh, with Adobe. And so I was one of the people that was a guinea pig when Photoshop started and Adobe was doing all their desktop publishing. And so um, I did that. I did art direction, got married, went to New Mexico. My husband got a job, raised a bunch of kids. In other words, after college, so you, went, you were working as um, a graphic artist yeah. while you're in Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, there was, and then there was like, my husband went to Cornell and got a PhD in math. And so I put him through school. Um, as a graphic designer, uh, worked at Ithaca College. You moved with him to Cornell. 
Yeah, yeah. And Whoa. so I worked I worked there and then his first job out of co- out of college getting his PhD in math was at uh, Sandia National Labs in New Mexico. And so um that was that was a postdoc and that was 30 years ago and I'm still we're still here raised all our kids here. 46 was a little more than it was about 15 years well 12 years ago for me. I realized that my kids were growing up and the technology was changing. I either needed to go back to school, you know, and maybe go into animation or go into web design or, you know, all those Adobe products are changing all the time. And it was either time to like up my game in the graphic design world or do something else. And then I like looked around and there's like film signs everywhere in New Mexico. Breaking Bad is, you know, in its third season. TV shows are filming, movies are filming, you know, Coen brothers are here. You know, there's just so many, there were so many things happening. And so on a whim, I signed up for film school, (laughs) just literally on a whim. My youngest, my youngest child was starting high school. And I was like, why don't I, why don't I go to film school? And the, and the first day of class, I didn't tell anyone, I didn't tell anyone I signed up for it. And the first day I was like, these are my people. I found my people. Like I found my whole new social structure, my, my new circle of people, those people are still my friends, you know? And so what made you say, these are my people? Like, what were some of the things that happened for you that you, you said immediately, these are my people? Well, you know, I was, um, I don't know how old you are, Mark. You remember Leonard Maltin's uh, guide to movies before IMDb came out? I'm familiar with Leonard Maltin's book was like this, and it was like IMDb in a book form. Um, he was a famous uh, film reviewer. And so every movie I would be pouring through this thing, like, who directed this? Why is this actor always in this director's films? Why is this happening? You know, who are these crowd, you know, these groups of people that keep making films together? And what else was this actor in? So I was always like interested in that sort of thing. You know, I knew I, th- I thought I wanted to go into casting actually is what I wanted to do. I loved the idea of being that part of the cog of the whole like symphony orchestra of filmmaking. And so I uh, went to film school and I, through the, through the help of my mentor at the film school, I started um, casting independent projects and commercials. And then I started uh, becoming an AD because a lot of these independent films also needed, you know, like a second AD to do the call sheets and to make sure that the actors get where they're supposed to be. And like I said, organized and bossy, basically. So I was a great AD and I loved being an AD. Being the second AD on a film, I don't know, you know, a lot of people know what a second AD is, but basically you sit around until the end of the day and then make the call sheet after the director and the, and the you know, everybody has like figured out what they're going to do the next day. I fell in love with the actors. I just fell in love with actors. They just all felt like they just needed somebody to come alongside them and talk about their careers and strategize. And especially in New Mexico, we were sort of known as hobby actors and like cowboys. They would get lots of auditions, but they had incredible theater, you know, resumes, incredible training. Some of them had trained in New York and LA and London and AMDA, you know, and um, they were like, we need somebody, we need somebody to help us figure out how to become a force to be reckoned with in New Mexico as an acting pool. I started realizing that they needed to get their resumes up to date. Uh, they had black and white headshots that were 20 years old, not understanding that in the local market, the local casting director was also sending things to the LA or the New York casting director. And so an old headshot isn't going to cut it, you know? And so they didn't understand the whole process, which, which could have been why they weren't being cast. They weren't putting their media up. They weren't putting their clips up. They, they thought that casting director down the street had all the power 
and they knew already knew them. So I was like, okay, we got to get better headshots. We got to put your resumes together. We got to get your clips. We got to get all this stuff or nobody's going to, nobody's going to think you're professional. And nobody's better to do it than a graphic designer. <laughs> right. So I'm like, all your columns have to be lined up and you have to have a good, you know, I was an art director for photography for magazines and stuff. So it was like, you got to have a good headshot. You got to, you, this is 20 years old, dude, you know, get, get a new headshot. So in the course of doing this for actors, everybody kept starting to say, have you ever thought about being an agent? Have you ever thought about being a manager? Like, you know what you're talking about. And um, it really just came from my OCD graphic design, you know, sort of world, you know, where I wanted things to look right. So I went back to my mentor and I said, what do you think? What do you think? Should I open up an agency? I've got like five or six people that said they would sign with me like today. He said, you should not start your own agency. One of the agencies in New Mexico is quietly for sale. They didn't want to make it public that they were for sale because, you know, it's like the stock market, like everything, even the whisper of things makes everything go crazy. Yeah. And so he said, she just wants out, but she wants somebody good for her actors. And it was an, it was not the best agency and it wasn't the worst agency in New Mexico. It was 200 actors, right, right, right smack dab in the middle, you know, not the best and not the worst. So I gave her a lowball offer because I knew she wanted out and she just wanted somebody good. And I already knew her because I was doing casting. I was, she already knew me from the other side. And so um, she took the offer. She, uh, we did a one month apprenticeship because I'd, I'd never done it before. And so um, for one month, she would still get all the money and I would, you know, she would work with me and teach me the ropes. Seriously, and a day and a half into the one month uh, apprenticeship, she said, you're good. I'll be at the bar if you need me. Wow. And so basically what I did was anything that anybody in business or doing freelance work or contract work does, you figure out who you need to talk to and then you ask them how they want it done so that they like you basically. So you know, I was like, hey, I'm new. Uh, she told me how this works, but you tell me. I'm giving you an opportunity for you to tell me what would make your life easier and your job easier. And so they were all like, yeah, let's, you know, do this, do that. Things were still sort of via email, not exactly all on actors access or breakdown at that point. Um, and so um, so they they were happy that I was asking them how how things should be done. And um, so I just hit the r- ground running. And then, you know, those other people joined me. And then group of people, you know, were like, I want to sign with Carissa. Look at her. She's like, all her people are booking things all of a sudden, you know, because I was like, everyone needs new headshots, everyone needs new resumes, and they need all their clips, you know, sort of, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps a little bit. And so, you know, I was like, all right, if you want to do this, here's what here's what I think you need to do. And um, I was a little scared taking over the agency because per SAG guidelines, if your agency changes hands, your contract can be broken. And so I was like, oh, great, I've bought a business with no tangible assets. All it has is contracts that can be broken immediately. <laughs> so I was like, this is the stupidest thing. But um, but it just worked out great. And I just brought my passion and my excitement and my love of people and and sort of the idea of linking arms with people and saying, let's figure this out together and let's make changes. Let's change New Mexico. And so now I have to say, I have to give my actors the credit. They did it. They really did it. They did the work. They be, you know, became more professional. And now we're getting recurring roles and series regulars, guest stars. You know, I'm so proud of I'm so proud of my actors in New Mexico. They really, really did the work and they deserve it. They deserve it. Hey, it's Brian. I'm dropping in on an important announcement. 
What you need to know is you have more control over your career than you think. The thing standing between you and the career you want is your connections. And that's where one-on-one -on -one next level comes in. If you are not a member yet, you can apply to join at oneononenextlevel.com. Press pause and do that now. If you are already a member and you are ready to get back on track, we want to invite you to book a strategy session with us led by myself personally. We will help you prioritize which classes make the most sense given your career goals. You can find these under the resource hub in your account portal. We can't wait to hear your success story. Is it a coincidence or did you have the foresight to see that Mex New Mexico was going to take off the way it has? This was uh, before the break. There was a, a bill that passed in um, New Mexico called the Breaking Bad Bill, which gave a better tax rebate for television. New Mexico had been limping along on a lot of movies because we can, we're a great location. We can look, we, can, we have mountains, we have desert, we have, we have forests. Space. Yeah, we have space. Um, we're at, we're an hour 20, you know, flight from LA, you know, our Burbank. And so, so, you know, they could get the trucks out fast and, and producers and directors and everybody and stars could fly easily. And so, so getting wind of that breaking bad bill happening, I was like, and that, and that was sort of, you know, the start of the golden age of television, that resurgence. And so we've just, we've just been so busy with television since then. And our tax rebates are great. So I, I knew that this was going to be a good, a good place to live and work and make movies and make television. So now would you say as of late, is it the Amazon, the Amazon studios, right? They're Netflix, they're Netflix, the Netflix studio that's going, or that's still being built or is, it's, it's completed? Um, Netflix, Netflix bought an existing studio that had I don't know, four, five sound stages, very small. They bought it. And then that was maybe four or five years ago, but they've been buying all the land around yeah. it. So they're, so they're going to have like 18 studios and post-production and office and, you know, storage and warehouse and workshops and, you know, um, shops for, you know, creating sets and stuff like that. It's like a mini Hollywood. Exactly. And we have a Disney show happening right now. We have a Nickelodeon show. We have Amazon. We have CW. Taylor Sheridan made that Tyler Perry type compound in Texas. He shoots some of his Walker stuff in New Mexico. Wow. We still get auditions for stuff even in Texas for Taylor Sheridan. Do you think New Mexico is ever going to become like the size of Atlanta in terms of the, the production? I do. You do? Wow. I do. Yeah. After opening up in Atlanta and you know, Brian, you travel across the country all the time. It's harder to go east than it is to go west. Yes. New Mexico is still a little bit of a flyover state still for New Yorkers and, and uh, Californians, but but it's so much easier to get to and it's cheaper. Cost yeah, of living is cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful and you know, you can eat some great food and have some great wine and and see some beautiful scenery and looks like a painting. So it's beautiful. So I choose to live here. I live in New Mexico and travel to wherever I need to go to because I like it here. You're like me. We, we, I feel like we, we are very similar. We, we travel anywhere we need to go to and then we like just eat while we work. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like, where's the best restaurant? You know, uh, one time I took a bunch of ladies to New York for a conference, a women's empowerment conference. The lady in charge uh, wanted to go to TGI Fridays and Times Square. And I was like, oh. No, we're going to Carmine's, which is up on the second floor, you know, where they bring you piles of spaghetti, you know, and right. it's local and it's delicious. And some lady's going to yell at you, you know, and bring your food to you. Yeah, it's all about local food. Definitely. So we got to get you into New Mexico to, to try yes. that. So I've never been to New we'll Mexico. We'll show you the good stuff. 
We'll oh, talk about that at the end. <laughs> you know, speaking of that story, you know, I once had uh, an older uncle. He was like a great uncle, right? And he came to New York with my, whatever. With I was actually putting producing a show. So in New York, but anyway, so they were at this restaurant, this like New York. So he complained to the waitress. He was like, uh, hey, how come my other uncle has more soup than he does? So what she did was she took my other uncle's bowl and poured some of his bowl into his and said, there, now you're even. Are you okay now? So that's only in New York, like you said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's good. You, you caught the New York vibe. Yeah, I like that. I, like, I was like, I, I kind of usurped the lady that was in charge of taking us all on that trip because I was like, we're eating local. We're eating pizza from whatever Ray's pizza is on that corner. And we are eating bagels for breakfast and we're going to good places for dinner. You know, I think she wanted, I think she also wanted to go to Bubba Grump Shrimp Company or something like that. And I was like, no. Mm -mm. And I got news for you. You know, you're going to be traveling a lot less because with everything that's happening in New Mexico, you couldn't have started. And even though you didn't mean to do this at a better time, because as this New Mexico, you know, whatever you're like, You've been there. You've been there for a long, a long time. Yeah, you know, we're established, definitely. It's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, you must feel the. Uh, have you noticed a lot of actors moving there? Yeah, I have um, a lot of. I love it when actors move here. I think it's yeah. great. Um, you know, during the pandemic, you know, people were like, "I got to get out of Los Angeles. It's not a fun place to live." During the pandemic, and they moved. Um, a lot of people that had moved away from New Mexico to go to LA moved back home, and then honestly my doors are just being pounded down constantly from people all over the country that want to work in New Mexico. Hey, what advice do you have for them, for those people who are thinking about coming? Moving here is one thing. There's only about, I don't know, at any given time, you know, maybe four or five casting directors in New Mexico, but really three that work all of the time. How many agents? Six or seven, but really there's only three or four that are okay. worth their salt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's only one. That's worth their salt. Yes. But, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the interesting thing about actors that think that they can work local in a market that they don't live in is it sounds, it sounds easy. And, you know, now that we're in a self tape world and it's not really going to change, um, people can do self tapes from anywhere. And we haven't really even had callbacks in person. I know commercials have sort of gone back to in person, uh, things like that, but we're, we're getting booked off of one tape. So the travel part of being a, somebody who works local in a market that they don't live in is easier that way, but it could be that they're like, great, okay, well, uh, they need you today or they need you this afternoon or they need you tomorrow for a fitting because they have to build your costume and then you shoot next Tuesday. So you got to sit around or fly one, you know, for a fitting one day, go back or sit there for the weekend and then come back to shoot. And what if they change your schedule? So it gets... It's it's that balance between do you want credits or or are you trying to make money? If you're trying to make money, you're probably it's probably going to be a wash for a while to work in a, any any to work in any market that you don't live in because the flights or the you know driving or putting yourself up in a hotel and and feeding yourself um, because it really is local, true local. Like they're not going to put you up in a hotel. They're not going to travel you. And so if you're looking for credit, you can get credits in New Mexico. I hate to say this because then I'm going to get so many, I'm going to get so many phone calls. You can get almost get the same amount of credits in five years in New Mexico than you can get in 10 years in LA. Yeah, no, I think this too. But it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you because you're going to have to fly and drive and put yourself up and but if you move there yeah but if you move there then you're great you know yeah. and and i always say you know i have i have actors that i represent across the board 
And a lot of them like living in New Mexico because they can get to Atlanta a little bit easier and they can get to LA a little bit easier. But the bulk of their auditions come from New Mexico. Because once you get established as a go-to auditioner in New Mexico, you get regular auditions. The first time I submit a new person in the market, they get that first audition because they're like, oh, Chris has got a new person. Let's see what they let's see what they got. And then they remember you and then they like you. And then if they're doing two or three other shows, you're getting auditions for all the shows that, that they're doing in this market. Strategically, it's a really good place to work. Could you give an example? Like uh, if there's an actor living in LA or New York and they're actually... They're contemplating moving to New Mexico. They really don't know much about New Mexico, except they see cactus in their heads. What, 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 what are some of the attra- attractive qualities about living in New Mexico? Um, New Mexico doesn't have cactus. That's Arizona. Okay. Or for, some, for, some reason, <laughs> for some reason, Arizona and New Mexico in my head. You know, saguaro cactus? No, that's, uh, that's Arizona. That's so funny. Sorry. That's how I picture yeah. New Mexico, too. <laughs> I told you we were a flyover state. Yeah. So, tell us, see, see, so this is good because I still have Arizona and New Mexico pegged together, except New Mexico has that big okay. house, New Mexico mountain. Right. I didn't hear your question because I got stuck on the cactus. Well, what are some, what what are some qualities about New Mexico they might, they might really enjoy? The weather. The weather's beautiful. We get actual winters. Uh, we get snow. Um, you know, you can go skiing and bike riding and swimming in the same day. You know, oh, so when you say um, the same day, how far away would the, um, the mountain be from you right now? I live in the foothills of the mountains. And so I, you know, I can hike from my house into the snow and we've got ski runs on the other side of the mountain. It takes about 20 minutes to get to. Wow. The hiking, the biking, the outdoorness of it is beautiful. The sky is like some, I'm looking outside. The sky is something that you think is a painting. It looks like a painting. It's that beautiful. I've heard that people describe it as a painting by so many people. Yes. Yes, the sunsets are gut-wrenching. All of the mountains in New Mexico are named after red things. They're named uh, after watermelon and apples and uh, the blood of Christ in Santa Fe. At night, they glow red because the dirt is red in New Mexico. And so sunsets, golden hour is something that is just amazing. And then the culture, the indigenous culture and, you know, the plant life and the people and you know, the Spanish influence from, from Mexico and the indigenous influence and the art that's here and the food that's here. Um, it's just amazing. I- well, along with the cactus that aren't there, <laughs> I, pict- I pictured no restaurants. So there, there's- Are there's, you kidding there's- me? Great. This is good to know. So tell us. New, new Mexican food is different than El Pollo Loco or whatever you're used to in- <laughs> Of course. Or what's the- El, El Compadre. El Compadre. Yeah. Um, Tex-Mex. It's different. It's- chili it's red chili and green chili and it's food with pecans in it and you know slow stewed meats delicious um what's it called marinations of slow stewed meats and things like that and i've never had it anywhere else but but new mexico and if they say it's new mexican it's probably not if it's not in new mexico and how far is santa fe from albuquerque one hour or 50 minutes depending on who you're who's driving because I've heard yeah. both, both, both are kind of different, but have their like really like very different, very different. Yeah. So I, I sort of consider um, Al, uh, Albuquerque and Santa Fe to be kind of like Atlanta and Savannah. Oh, that's a great, mm. that, that's a great comparison. Okay, so Savannah is charming, and the people are nice, and it's got some old world charm and some art and good food and. I've never had cocktails like I had in Savannah. The cocktails in Savannah were the best I've ever had. 
and the people are nice and you know it's a nice smaller community even in the film world it's kind of like that savannah is trying to build up their studios and their and their presence in the film industry as well santa fe has two really great uh studios up there and that are busy all the time filming and stuff like that so and then we have taos which is the very you know the women wearing turquoise and horse blankets and you know that whole thing you know galleries and uh riding horses and santa fe has theme i mean i think Santa Fe rivals New York as far as like the art world goes as well. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's beautiful, beautiful museums, beautiful art. One of um, our staff members is uh, taking her honeymoon uh, in to, uh, Santa Fe. Yeah. I feel like I should be a travel agent as well. You should or be like a tourism kind of agency should like credit you or something. <laughs> How about the cost of living? How's the cost of living in-, in Cost of living is great. You know, my, my son is a dentist in Seattle and he's moving back here, bringing his whole family back here. Because he's a dentist in Seattle and he cannot afford to buy a house for his family in Seattle. So he's moving back here and he can get a house for, you know, I would say half to two thirds the amount of money that same size house in Albuquerque than he can in Seattle. And let's just say someone wants to rent a, uh, you know, like a one or two bedroom apartment. They wanted to rent. What is the going rate for like a one bedroom apartment? You know, I don't know. I would say it's probably, I'd say 900 to 1200. That's great. Yeah, I might okay. be off, but yeah, it's, no, no, it's okay. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Would you say yeah. of your actors, of your clients that, you know, uh, you know, want to work local in New Mexico, you're more prone to, you get, you have more from LA and you're more prone to assign them if they're from the West coast, just because it's like, like you said, only an hour and 20 minute flight into uh, New Mexico, as opposed to like New York city or something. Yeah. 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 You know, the other thing, yeah. there have been a lot of actors living in Los Angeles lately that are kind of getting tired of living here that I've been right. talking to. So it seems like if they're listening to this, that New Mexico, they may want to think about trying it. Yeah, it's beautiful here. It really is. Yeah, and I what love you're it. saying is if they live there for you and they're a talented actor, their opportunities increase. That's right. That's right. They will, if they're good, if they're good, they will get regular yeah. auditions and hopefully book regularly. Yeah. But you still take yeah. a chance on like a select few that like you really like and you know they're they're willing to work local, they're willing to pay the money and fly themselves there. Probably they're you know more in LA as opposed to New York, you know, an hour right. and twenty away. Um, right. It's, well, it's true. So the here's the deal. I, yeah. I just I just uh was a guest at a, a children's uh class for kids that wanted to do film and television oh, on Saturday. And I was talking to them because they were like, you know how does this process work? You know, they were asking me these questions. They are the mothers. <laughs> the kids were, it was oh, great. Wow. Um, the mo- I, Cause the moms, you know, moms have different oh, questions. <laughs> yeah. You want to know if the kids really want to do it and not whether the moms are trying to live vicariously. <laughs> um, oh, but also you want to make sure that moms are not crazy. You know, when I'm trying yeah. to look at new kids, yeah, you right. know, <laughs> I'm like, is your, is your mom crazy? <laughs> is she? Cause and sometimes they're like, we used to have a team program that we don't do anymore for a good reason. Yeah, the kid, the kid was all yeah. like, they didn't want to be there. And the mother's like, you're going to be a star. I'm going to yeah, be so no. happy. And they're like, I don't want to do that. I want to play video games. But what I was telling the kids was everyone is staking their reputation on the actor doing a good job. This is a long answer to your question, Brian. But I have to stake my reputation on that actor, not only doing a good job as an actor, but that they will be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there, that they'll be on time, that they won't miss a flight, you know, um, that they won't, uh, you know, that if they even flying standby is dangerous these days, you know, because flights are canceling all the time. 
And so I have to, I have to base my reputation on the fact that that actor will not only be prepared, but they will be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there. So I have to trust that. And so I'm getting to the point where I am only taking new people that have some connection to me. Either I meet them through a company like you guys, where you, you've already vetted them out quite a bit um, into serious actors or other clients that I have or other casting directors, you know, that are like, hey, you might you know, want to look at this client. You know, I have, to, I, have, I have to keep my reputation. The actor has to keep their reputation. Casting directors have to trust me with the new person where I have to say, yeah, they're going to do, you know, and then casting, because casting directors have to uh, answer to directors and producers and all those and suits. I always call them suits. So we're all, we're all staking our reputation on whether that actor can be where they need to be when they need to be there so that they're not a problem. And so I'm very, very selective about who I represent uh, for that very reason, because I want to keep a good reputation. But I've got two people coming in today, one from Denver and one from LA that are shooting Thursday, but they came in today so that they could be ready for costumes and, and uh, you know. That's what it takes to, to make, to, you know, pull this up, the local hire thing off. Like you really have to put in some extra effort. It's, I always right, tell our absolutely. on our Atlanta trip, it's like if you were in a long distance relationship, it's not as easy as <laughs> you were like right. living in the same city. You got to like manage it a little bit, you know, put some love and exactly. effort into it. Exactly. And, and then it was hard during the pandemic. During the pandemic, you could catch COVID, you know, just traveling through an airport, you know, so that was, that was another thing that was kind of hard. So, right. um, but yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's, um, I mean, I represent people that are in New York, I represent people that are on the East Coast as well. But, um, but I have to really, really trust, mm-hmm. trust them. And that, that right. when they say they'll be, when they say they'll be there, they are, they are there. Nobody does special programs like one-on-one next level. It's where we really help actors shine. I'm Emilio. I signed with my Southeast agent right after the Atlanta trip. And now I'm auditioning several times every month. And you know, I almost didn't do the Atlanta trip because I thought it was just another cash grab. I can tell you from experience that it's not. That's not how one-on-one next level rolls. And here we are six months later, and I already booked my first job with my Atlanta agent. I'm Rebecca, and the Bridge program demystified the industry for me. It gave me the platform to get off book in under 10 minutes. I met 60 new artists that are now all a part of my community, and I even signed with a manager. I have never walked away from a program so confident in my abilities. I'm so grateful for one-on-one next level. My name is Capenna, and I can finally call myself a working actor after participating in the LA Super Showcase. I had just moved to LA and I felt stuck. I came across the LA Super Showcase and let me tell you, it was a life-changing experience. I signed with an agent and since then, I've been auditioning for series regulars and booked my first TV job. I finally feel like I made it to the next level, thanks to One-on-One Next Level. In the next 12 months, One-on-One Next Level will host 27 special programs bringing you unmatched, exclusive access to industry connections. Special programs aren't just a one-and-done class. Instead, they're designed to accomplish in a weekend what it takes most actors months, even years to do. So whether you want to get repped in a smaller market like Atlanta, bypass casting directors and connect directly with TV showrunners and decision makers, or spend a weekend meeting a bunch of musical theater industry professionals in New York City, you have to become a member to be eligible to sign up for our special program. To apply, go to www.1on1nextlevel.com. We can't wait to hear your success story. I'm so curious, like in terms of 
like because you I you know can really consider you to be like the leading you know talent agency in New Mexico. Uh, like you you really have like a good gauge on things. Now that there's been such a expansion of production there, and it's really on people's radar, and actors moving there. Do you find that there's like a shifting like demographic like shifting type of production that shoots there because the demographics are changing? Like, is it? I know, as you said before, it used to be kind of like a cowboy. Like, yeah, reputation. it used to be. Yeah, it used to be a lot of westerns because uh-huh. um, we have great. We have several old western towns that have saloons and banks, and you know, you you know, you've seen them in a million movies. You've seen the exact same town. You know, the Magnificent Seven, the most recent remake. Um, you know, the Coen Brothers, uh, Buster Scruggs. I don't know if you remember that one. You know, just a uh, Book of Eli. Um, you know, I'm going back a few years on that one, but um, you know, every western that's filmed here is filmed in the same you know, one block old, old city, or it's out in the desert somewhere, you know, and then Breaking Bad, um, Vince Gilligan said that New Mexico was actually a character in the show. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. They would go out to Tohajali to bury bodies. And they actually went back there for Better Call Saul too, to sort of tie in some of the stuff from Breaking Bad, you know, so it is, it is definitely a character. I think that in the past, the outdoor locations were, were what brought people to New Mexico. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now that there's more sound stages, they can build entire entire sets inside. I was just talking to one of my clients that was on the new J.J. Abrams show, Duster. Um, and I was like, where was where was your location? Because it seemed like a house, you know, and they were like, well, we did the externals somewhere in Albuquerque. And then the entire inside of the house was at the studio, you know, so. Wow. wow. Yeah. So I think we're getting we're getting there as there are more sound stages being built that we're not just because of the beautiful location we're we're here for other reasons like the the tax rebate. So I do see it changing. We've been New York before, you know, we've been, you know, we can be a lot of different, a lot of different places. So do you think it's going to be like Atlanta where not only are there actors who want to break into the industry there and move there, but there's also like casting directors, you know, from LA and New York trying to, you know, actually like relocate and move there. And same with like agencies. I did hear the other day that there's a, an agency in Phoenix, that was starting an open call here, you know, for actors. So I'm like, oh, I hear rumblings that they might be coming to, to coming to New Mexico. And I think it's great because I am no longer an actor that can take brand new actors that have never done anything and need development and need that, you know, linked arm. Okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to do this. I really learned how to be an agent in New Mexico, more like a manager. And I think that was part of my success was that I took extra time and extra effort to develop these people, even people that had been working for 20 years in New Mexico. Um, but I can't really do that anymore. And so I need I need other agencies here that can be entry level agencies for people who are just coming up from background and want to, you know, and maybe got a line. And then, the you know, the producer said, you know, you should get an agent. You've got a good, you're good. Hey, kid, you, you know, you should be a picture. I can't take those people anymore. And so I need other agencies here that can do that. I do know that producers and stars are buying property here. UPMs are just buying houses and moving their families here and then just doing shows here. That is happening. So that's a lot. I know that. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sign. Yeah. So all the stars from Better Call Saul, Patrick Fabian, Ray Seahorn, Bob Odenkirk, they all bought a huge house together and just lived here together. And they, I think they still live. I think they still own it, you know, and they'll, I know Ray Seahorn and Vince Gilligan are coming back for another show um, wow. in New Mexico wow. this summer. So, yeah. So people are buying property and, you know, moving here. So That's incredible. Yeah. 
And what made you, because, you know, you have such a successful, like, roster in, in, in New Mexico, what made you want to expand and, like, like you know, drive yourself crazier probably with, like, you know, like, uh, having, like, an Atlanta roster and having an L.A. roster? Like, like what was I'll that? tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because my actors, who are kicking ass, booked everything in New Mexico, got on every show, and then moved to L.A. Wow. And then I, I had done all of the developments for them. I did all the development. We got all the materials together and then they would move to LA to go get guest stars and recurring roles. And I did all the development for them. And so I was like, okay, now I need to go to LA with them, you know, and, and take them to the next level. So that was a no brainer. Like really quickly actors started booking everything in New Mexico and then I would lose them and I didn't want to lose them. And so That's I wanted to be on their journey. I wanted to be on their journey to their next step. And I'm so proud of them. And then I started cultivating LA, their friends that they met in acting classes and on movies and stuff like that. I started collecting. And my one of my mottos is I wanted to create a community instead of competition. You know, I will I I will go to LA and have a drinks night at the well or something like that and meet all my clients. And then a few months later, I'll see on Facebook that two of my actors are making a movie together. Like they're producing a movie together. And I was like, I didn't know you guys knew each other. Like, how did you start? Like, how did you start that? And they were like, we met at your drinks night and decided to make a movie together, you know? And so this community is what's really important to me, especially in LA. Everyone feels a little isolated. They feel a little bit like they're swinging in the wind. They go to class, you know, but mostly they're just doing tapes at home. And, and so um, I wanted to create a family of people that could help each other tape that could celebrate when somebody got a part, you know, and things like that. In LA, it really has turned into a family. And, and now we're starting to do that in Atlanta as well. So, so I have a question. Let's just say uh, someone came to you today and they said, listen, you have a week, but New Mexico is now contaminated. So you can either move, and this is just for nothing to do with your, your, what you do. You can either move to Atlanta or to Los Angeles. Which place would you choose? Just based on what you've seen. I mean, the strong is very, the pull is very strong for Los Angeles, just because I love Disneyland and um, <laughs> my parents, my parents grew up in California. You know, my daughter lives in Santa Cruz. You know, I've got, I've got people that I love there. I would probably say, I would probably say Los Angeles. Now, okay. if you said Savannah, Savannah has warm water, you know, they've got warm water beaches there. So that might be, <laughs> that might also be a pull. <laughs> I envision coming to see you as an actor. And seeing a plate of homemade oatmeal cookies or chocolate chip cookies, you know, in the office, I, I you just seem to be like this dynamo that can do everything. You probably would see that, and probably some margaritas. So unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. So you know, we, we're all about you know, like uh, we we get very excited with emerging talent. I think what you guys are doing is great. I don't hitch my wagon to a lot of different companies, and I really like what you guys are doing. So. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done it yet, grab the backstage pass. You've got to get the backstage pass. There's behind the scenes footage. We've taken the biggest takeaways from the episode and written them down for you. There's also tools and resources to help move your career forward. It's the easiest way to turn this podcast into a tool for your career, as opposed to something you just listen to as you're doing the dishes.